Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you're joining us today for our recap and discussion of The Toll, book three and the final book in Neil Shisterman's Ark of a Scythe. Yeah, I don't know about this one, Chad. Yeah, I feel <laughs> I like, man, the ending one. of this book got a little, got maybe, maybe, maybe uh, gleaned a little bit. Yeah, well, it got a little squirrely. Walk along the street, and all of a sudden the scythe came on, it was like, it was your time, and then, shing! Um, I mean, left I, bloody and broken. <laughs> there, were, there were parts of it that I liked, definitely. Me too. It was exciting. I wish that Jerry had been a character for the whole trilogy. That would have been awesome. I liked Jerry. Jerry was cool. Yep. Um, I, I wish that we could have seen more of Rowan and Citra and Faraday. I mean, we saw a decent amount of Faraday, but just, I don't know. I feel like Faraday was just kind of grumpy throughout the entire thing. Like, yeah, eh, he was just Gruposaurus Rex, just like yeah. extinct in this island over here, just being like, whatever, I'm going to be like fishing with spears like. yeah i mean it definitely felt like the whole thing just felt kind of at least the first half for sure felt really meandering we were being introduced to all sorts of new characters i didn't really care that much about because we're like at the end here and it's just like oh cool another person i'd never heard of in my life you know it's like the that artist that like goes to talk to the toll and it's like given the whole backstory it's like i don't care you know like we're we're a few hundred pages away from the end of this trilogy don't can care. we just can we just focus and it like it makes sense but I still don't like it. You know what I mean? No. Like, I'm not saying it shouldn't be there, but I don't like it personally. Faraday was a great example. I feel like there was characters that he was just like, I don't know what to do with this character. So I'm just going to have yeah. him be over. Like, here. I got him where he needed to be. And now I've yeah, got all this other story to end. tell. I would say it's pretty impressive how much Sisterman was able to juggle with this one because the other two stories are definitely a lot more contained. It's a lot of Rowan and Citra. I mean, Thunderhead it's a little opens up a little bit more, but it's a, still a lot of Scythe Lucifer, Scythe Anastasia, all of that stuff. And then, like, right when I started this book, I was just like, okay, what are we doing right now? This is <laughs> like, this is a little, but one thing I really did like was, um, the kind of correspondence between Goddard and the other scythes from different regions of the world. I thought that that was like with most of this trilogy. I mean, the kind of like end of the chapter excerpts are pretty awesome. I think that they do yeah. a lot of work for the backstory and doesn't feel really heavy and it doesn't feel like too much info dumping or anything. And whether that's through like letters or uh, like correspondence or it's like uh, the Thunderhead talking like in the second book, stuff like that. I think it's I think it's pretty solid. I think it lent a lot to the whole trilogy not feeling too too much. Yeah, I, I agree. And while I think Neil Schusterman kind of bit off more than he could chew or maybe just didn't know what to do with certain characters, there were some shining moments like his whole Rand arc. I really liked her character. I like how she ended. I liked all pretty much everything about her, except for maybe some There's like uh, one interesting part of the things end that we were that talking about before. About. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I do feel like there's one key thing in this book, and I think we need to talk about it, that just it kind of made the whole trilogy... It, I don't use this term very often, but it felt a little bit like a slap in the face. Like, why did I just read? Why did all of this just happen when and we're going to go over this? But I definitely at the end of this book, I was kind of just like, oh, well, OK, well, oh, so we right, didn't need that's the end of, of that. that. Yeah. All right. That's, <laughs> yeah. All right. I guess I had a good journey there. Um, yeah, sure. Glad we did a nice little social experiment with like a couple <laughs> hundred thousand dead. We couple got some traumatized sides. No big deal. <laughs> got a whole stadium full of people that died. But yeah, um, no, but no, I just got out of hand a little bit. Uh, but I mean, we had some really good conversations and I hope we have another really good conversation with this one. And uh, with that, let's go right into the recap. Let's do it. Three years after the sinking of Endura, Goddard is overblade of mid America. 
Everyone on Earth besides Grayson Tolliver has been marked as unsavory, causing the Thunderhead to remain silent to everyone but him. Scythe Faraday and Manira Atrushi have found the Kwajalein Atoll in two secret bunkers. One they could open, but another Scythe is required to open the bunker with the supposed failsafe. With no way of escape, having crashed their plane, they learn to live off the land for a year or two. At the same time, former Nimbus agents kidnap Grayson Tolliver, hearing of his rumored existing correspondence with the Thunderhead. Grayson gives them coordinates courtesy of the Thunderhead, which lead to the Kwajalein Atoll as well. Audra Hilliard, the director of the Authority Interface of Minmerica, approaches the Atoll with 900 agents, but 800 are killed by turrets stationed on the island to prevent unwanted visitors. While savaging the ruins of Endura, a Madagascan named Jericho Silveranis, called Jerry by their friends and their crew on the E.L. Spence, brings up the Vault of Relics and Futures, containing Citra, Rowan, and the Scythe Diamonds. Citra and Rowan are hidden in a region that is not aligned with Goddard. They stay in a castle occupied by Scythe Posuelo. Most of the North American continent has aligned with Midmerica, leading Goddard to the knowledge that both of them are alive. West America attacks the castle. They kidnap Rowan and take him back to Goddard. Citra manages to escape onto Jericho's Salvager to an African region that hasn't aligned with Goddard. Grayson Tulliver is anointed as the Toll by Tonists and revered by many. Scythe Morrison is convinced to glean the Toll by Goddard. Grayson Tulliver is anointed as the Toll by Tonists and revered by many. Scythe Morrison is convinced to glean the Toll by Goddard, but joins Grayson's side after the attempt fails. The Toll, Scythe Morrison, and Curate Mendoza, the Toll's handler, then travel the world, calming radical Tonists. Citra and Jerry meet up with the High Blade Tenkamenin of Afric, who was instructed to meet them by Scythe Posuelo. The Scythes of the region convince Anastasia to broadcast what she has found in the Thunderhead's back brain, incriminating Goddard and proving that she is alive. Sibilant Tonists attack the mansion with grenades, rendering many people permanently dead, including High Blade Tenkamenin. Jerry is rendered deadish and brought to a revival center with Anastasia in tow. Goddard, in possession of Rowan, sends forth an invitation to everyone in North America to attend a stadium where Rowan will be gleaned. He also plans to broadcast the gleaning to those who could not attend. Rowan discovers he will be burned alive, an act Xenocrates outlawed in Mid-America because of him. When the time comes, however, the technician responsible for his burning is found tied up in Rowan's place. Rowan escapes with the Lone Star Scythes, and Goddard plays off Rowan's escape as part of the show. The real reason why the people are there, he says, is to glean them all. Goddard then tells the Scythes gathered around the stadium to glean the crowd of spectators in what would eventually be called the Mile High Gleaning. The Toll and his inner circle visit the sibilant Tonists in the Ogbenite Caves, turning them against their previous ways and giving them a second chance. A lead takes Citra, Jerry, and Scythe Posuelo to the very same cave that is housing the Tonists and the Toll. The Toll and Anastasia recognize each other, much to the confusion and surprise of the others. The two go on a walk and discuss Goddard, her broadcasts, and a Scythe that might help her incriminate Goddard, Scythe Alighieri. Since the Thunderhead cannot tell Anastasia where Alighieri is living, Grayson decides to use a workaround to tell her the location. 
The workaround is Jericho, and the two have a trialogue with the Thunderhead eventually discovering where Allegheny lives. The Thunderhead also notices Grayson's feelings for Jerry. Grayson accompanies Jerry and Anastasia to visit Scythe Allegheny. After some convincing, Allegheny decides to make a broadcast implying that Goddard was involved in a disaster on the moon, aiding Anastasia's venture to knock down Goddard from the position of Overblade. As the trio depart, an inspector sticks a tracking device to their ship, since it has a destination of nowhere and a cargo of nothing. After inspecting it, he calls Goddard to let him know that both Scythe Anastasia and the Toll are together. The team leaves the port and travels on to a place that doesn't exist. They reach the Atoll, where 42 identical spaceships are being constructed. Faraday and Citra reunite and unlock the chamber that holds the lock to the failsafe. After they depart, they are reunited with Rowan, who is stashed in one of the barges carrying gleaned bodies to the Atoll. As preparations are made, a Thunderhead-like AI named Cirrus Alpha is introduced. It explains that it is not bound by the same laws that bind the Thunderhead, that everyone will have a day to decide whether or not the people on the island will go up into space to escape the corrupt scythedom and gleanings. Everyone goes to sleep, and Cirrus is uploaded to all 42 spaceships. In the morning, Grayson wakes up to the Thunderhead, telling him that it is a good idea for everyone on the island to take a journey, because Goddard and his team are flying towards the Atoll. The other planes flying with Goddard desert him, but Goddard is prepared with enough ordnance to destroy all 42 ships. Two ships are destroyed on the launch pad, gleaning everyone aboard. Those who decide not to go leave the islands entirely, but some, including Grayson and Jerry, get on a boat and head for the middle of a lagoon, watching the liftoffs. Citra gets hit by a piece of shrapnel from the exploding ships and is carried to a ship by Rowan. She is rendered deadish, but Cirrus is instructed to revive her only when she reaches its destination in around 117 years. Scythe Rand renders Goddard deadish and escapes to safety. She later supplants Tiger's memories into Goddard's body, effectively gleaning Goddard. Faraday and Manira activate the failsafe, causing all 400,000 scythe diamonds around the world to explode. The diamonds are filled with malicious nanites that are programmed to kill 5% of the world's population five times a century. The nanites mimic 10 diseases, smallpox, cancer, heart disease, pneumonia, stroke, malaria, tuberculosis, cholera, influenza, and the bubonic plague. Grayson and Jerry stay on the island, with both of them not sure what to do. They both have feelings for each other, and Jerry decides to change what dictates what gender they are. They change to being a woman on land and a man at sea. While the sea washes over their feet, Jerry says they feel as if they are both, and Grayson feels just fine with that. Grayson also destroys his earpiece and declares the Thunderhead unsavory to him because it violated one of its laws when he took over Jerry's body, deciding that it will be redeemed in time, like how humanity will be redeemed to the Thunderhead. Citra wakes up 117 years later, with Rowan standing over her and welcoming her to the New World. Some scythes, including Scythe Faraday, continue performing the new way of gleaning, called Sympathy Gleaning, but they all do so out of compassion and mercy for the people that suffer during their deaths. The scythedom is closed down, and the colonists on the spaceship escape and have no contact with planet Earth, living new lives among the stars. I mean, some of them, I guess. Like, I don't... <laughs> yeah. 
like Looks, turns out it was all for naught <laughs> i don't i don't man there's a lot that i don't like about this at all yeah. like, I, I mean i think this going forward in this conversation i just want everybody listening to know i didn't really like this book i don't think it's a Damn. very good ending i don't i think it feels very thrown together it feels very rushed it feels like a bunch of stuff happened at the very end that wasn't alluded to at all in the first two books even a little bit it also and it's just destroyed the meaning it, of the first two books yeah so okay so if in these rings is the ability or a fail safe if you will to be able to kill five percent of the population of what is it five times a century or whatever yeah it's five percent like, uh five times a century uh-huh okay so every 20 years five percent of the people on the planet die because of these uh diseases yeah uh-huh why didn't we do that in the first place like why why is that the backup plan when that right. backup plan would work way better than some well people it, having the to be like it's like oh just in case like this group of people with the power of life and death uh becomes corrupted at some point it's right like just the that, people that who can just operate so outside the law that just so happens to be the only people that can't be in that, that can't communicate with the thunderhead that is the only thing that's making everything okay like right, the I only just, authority it's so dumb like it's so silly to me that that would be a thing right we invent this thing that fixes everything and then we invent this group of people that operate outside of that thing that's supposed to like be the solution to the, like what no let's know. use the thing that understand. fixes the rest of our problems to be to help us with this problem obviously like was uh so if i'm being charitable here was <laughs> was was schusterman trying to show that like the people that founded the scythe dumb i mean kind of they were like leading each like, other and uh, like being corrupt. Like they were corrupt from the beginning. It didn't even take a couple hundred years. Like the first group of scythes were like lamenting in their uh, diaries that their scythe diaries of like, well, oh, man, like turns out we're, we're rotten from the start. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's it's a pretty loopy way to get to. I mean, it's just like we're did the site like why oh my god i'm so i'm having a hard time with this like no, i just man, I, this book took me forever to finish and i just couldn't it was just like one silly thing after another like we're building spaceships and some of us are gonna leave and of course like the two main characters get to go and like don't have to be subjugated to like these two the the five percent right. of the planet but it's like all right but the rest of the planet still has to deal with this, but I guess it's cool because like our main characters got away. Like right, there like, was no real like change. Real, I mean, like I, I guess there was no, a change like, in the Scott sense is... that there wasn't a Scythedom anymore. But right, that's. But then we also can still have Scythes, kind of like Faraday, who right, like they, we can but, still. But do he just does it in bleeding. like a more nice way now. Who is like people who are. I just this I guess he's not so, allowed to do it in just... a bad way. And then we have Goddard, right? Who's like big bad guy who gets stopped. But then it immediately doesn't matter at all because his power is removed the next second by this whole change of regime of the size no longer needing to exist. So it's like, so Goddard was defeated, but he didn't really need to be defeated. Well, and he then, was like, rendered deadish by Rand, right? Who, who then somehow gained the ability to supplant stuff, which I don't know if I just misread that. And if somebody can fill me in on this, like, how did she gain? the ability to do that can you ask the thunderhead to supplant people is I, that like a thing like i, I didn't guess 
I thought the Thunderhead I, took care of that, like, and chose to do that, but, like, Rand does it and, like, effectively kills Goddard. I don't think she has the know-how. The Thunderhead was directly interfering because she was gleaned. He was gleaned, so that's, like, a super interference by Scythe activities to, like, re-bring him back alive. And we just for we're just forcing these romances, right? I mean, like Rand oh. and Tiger. Like, what? Who cares? Why? Right. Why? And then Ro Rowan and Citra just don't Never. even. That's just not even. Not once. I don't get that. It would have been fine. The story did not requ require a romance between Rowan and Citra. Be super like, besties. They're besties. Like, why not? Why can't they just be platonic best friends? I don't understand why. Yeah. Like, it, like I, I really don't like this like the <laughs> i think that the first two books were really solid and then this one yeah it just it just kind of failed on like a lot of different like, there's mentioned me, a few times like this will be the only time that humans get off the planet well why why would we even kill them? why wouldn't we just send up the five percent in another spaceship if there's like how many planets are there out there toll like why can't we just keep doing this and send them more like yeah, do we not have enough spaceship material? Yeah. Like we used up all our spaceship it's... material. Like, why does if if nobody ever needs to die because of our technology, and we have also developed the technology of obviously to be able to like take people into space to other planets? Like, why don't we right. just do that? Like, why does anybody need to right. die at all? Like, why? It's like, why are we? Why it's... are we even controlling this on the death side? And I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but it's like it seems silly to be like, okay, we got to kill people. It's like, well, just have less people be born. Like, you're killing people, but you could just, you know, not let John grow up to a thousand years old and have eighteen different families and forty children, and like just just limit it on the production front, not on the back end. Like, it's weird. Yeah, like this. This All feels the solutions like, are kind of dumb. Okay, so <laughs> my my theory behind this, and like, uh, you know, maybe this is going to sound a little mean, but I think what happened, and I'm not Neil Schusterman. Maybe he's very proud of this book. And Neil, if you're listening to this, you, it, yeah, sure, like that's cool. But I think Neil Schusterman came up with a really interesting idea, and then didn't know how to end it, and didn't know how to bring it to any sort of fruition or figure out any kind of closure on anything and was just like all right well there was a fail safe that basically figures <laughs> everything out it's and, all good and then our our and our heroes get away the thing that they no longer need to really get away from though, though. <laughs> but it's like i would rather live on a planet where everybody where everything was taken care of and you had a five like five percent of the population was killed every 20 years I would rather live on that planet than go to a new right. planet what? and like try to try to duke it out out there and like in the chaos right. of space like no and even like at the end of the book like the chance it was like being described to them like the chances of their um their surviving even the trip and it's like well what why Let's would take you the time go? to do it like, right then. You, like, we don't we know no one's under duress anymore we can take our time we don't have to rush out of here anymore you know like it's so and don't even get me started on Goddard. He's the, the worst. A terrible He's evil villain. for evil. Such a crappy <laughs> villain. Like he just he just, just loves, loves killing, killing, man. Just loves it's like killing. His hobby. He just can't he just boy oh boy do I <laughs> yeah. love killing. And I wanna kill as just it's just so like why didn't the populace like rise up against this Straight whole up system like that would have been a way more interesting right. story honestly like if, if rowan and citra led like a revolution uh, a revolution against like this systemic injustice you know yeah. and they required a systemic solution you know? games with and, it like, that yeah like awesome. that would have been really cool but no like we're they're just gonna 
fuck off and then yeah. Fer- like, <laughs> like <laughs> and like grayson is just like no the toll because you like did this weird thing where you like wanted to touch me or whatever like dude there's so much really right weird but, stuff in uh, this but, okay book. that was like, a little like sexual assaulty like that was he just weird. like takes over yeah. jerry's body like i thought he's perfect i guess not because like no, that was i mean super... the whole point is that he's not that's why he's like building up this new but I mean, kind of. It's still know. like him that's being perfect. That he said he like makes copies of himself that are still like the perfect leaders. Like it's just weird that like like I just don't believe the world when I start thinking about it after a minute. It's like okay, why are we training the scythes to be like super killers when they never are getting in fights? Like they have all these like <laughs> trained so hard to like know thirty different ways and poisons and all these things. And it's like, but why? Like Maybe no they were worried about a revolution that just never, ever happened. I, I mean, I guess it makes sense, but it would have also been, you know, and we try not to rewrite books too often on here, but it really would have been cool if like, if like Citra and Rowan and the Toll all had to come together and say, and like convince the populace through like this society of lethargy and, and, bas- and basically everything being totally cool all the time and say like, no, look, something actually really is wrong with this system and we need to fix it, you know, other than we'll build a bunch of spaceships and leave right what like what is that like and the only thing that saves all of this is a fail safe that would have been a better solution in the first initially like i don't know why what is the what is the reason that they went with the side them over the fail safe is it because the side them from the start was corrupt was that what it was? But like, maybe. But why can't the thunder installed that they may have installed the failsafe like after the fact? Like, well, just in case, like this doesn't work out because it's clearly not people sort definitely of thing. need to die. But it's like, well, yeah. wait, why though? Like, why? Yeah, why don't we just keep sending <laughs> them up in spaceships? Like, also, we're back to that question. It's they just... focus so hard on like we have overcome nature, and then they do everything within their powers to mimic nature's way of killing people, like the plagues, like the bubonic plague. That's an awful way to die yeah no totally like, let's just have it we <laughs> like you have it in your power to have everyone just like drift off like bubonic yeah, plague and yeah. like heart problems and, like the list was <laughs> awful like, cholera like yeah. these are terrible terrible yeah like things. why would you reintroduce that into a society yeah. because there's like this weird status quo that the the, the story just thinks that it needs you know what i mean like it's right right it's, it's we gotta odd. mimic nature even though like, we totally all these, beat it we there's all these it. rules yeah there's all these like weird kind of arbitrary rules that are thought up in this trilogy that it's just kind of like but why though like why why would the thunderhead not be able to reprogram itself you know what i mean like if it's this right. all-powerful thing and it kind of does with cirrus it, it doesn't even kind of follow its own laws it's always finding know, loopholes. Right? I know. It's so like dumb. it's like if you're effectively doing the thing that you're programmed not to do, then you're doing the it's thing you're programmed not to do. It's a difference. It's silly. Like, and why doesn't like every time they need them, why don't they just go deadish? Because they know that's one of the loopholes, but they never exploit that again ever. Like every time you need to ask a question, they just be like, "Well, let's go deadish," and then the thunderhead can talk to me as opposed to digging through its back brain for the next like year and a half. I'll just like jump off, have someone push me off a building. And then I'll go deadish and then talk to it and be like, where do I go exactly to find all the things that I need? Cool. There, there, there. Awesome. Now I'll be alive again. Like, what was the point of Citra even finding out all that dirt on Goddard? If Goddard just like dies because of Scythe Rand, like, was it and for then the Scythe whole Rand's Scythe benefit? Just gets moot neutered anyway. Like, like it was didn't it for, really... 
Yeah, it was like everyone can be like, like, oh, that's well, even even up them. until then, like that's kind of where I thought the plot was going was that Citra was going to kind of like convince the general populace that, or at least the uh, New Order scythes to like really revolt against Goddard's regime. Right. And like we didn't need to leave the planet at all. Like when I started, <laughs> when I figured out they were building spaceships, I was like, this jumped every, what? it jumped 42 sharks. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's <laughs> what the hell is this? Like I don't. Okay, so we've we've definitely dug this one a, a new one here real quick, but like <laughs> I, we've been slapping it around the ring for a minute. It's okay, now. that's uh, it's it's fine. Um, but I, I will say there were a couple parts that I thought were pretty cool. Uh, there were some really good action scenes in this book. Um, all the stuff in Africa I thought was pretty solid. Um, yeah, yeah, the like invasion it, it, of like there was the some mansion. pretty yeah, there were some interesting scenes for sure. Like Scythe Morrison, I thought was a fairly interesting character. Honestly, I wish we would have gotten a little bit more of him. Mm -hmm. I thought Scythe Morrison was pretty cool. Grayson being the toll, I think was fine. Like I think I think it was a pretty logical direction for Grayson's character to go, and I was pretty interested in it for a while. But then it got weird, and it, it I don't know. I liked it, but I didn't understand why it needed to be there in the first place. Was yeah, like the like, Thunderhead just throwing a fit? I don't. Well, he just I mean, throw yeah. a little hissy, and he's like, uh, "Everyone, no one's going to get to talk to me. I'm only talking to Grayson because reasons." Uh, I think kind of okay. Uh, um, it was weird. Like Grayson's just kind of like going around convincing Radical Tonus to like simmer down a little bit, right? And um, I don't know, man. It's like if you've got everybody's ear. Aren't you gonna try to do like some some more good than that? Right, like, right. I mean, Maybe, like, I mean, start a rebel group. I don't know, man. Like, like start know. Lucifer's army. And let's start taking yeah, out some. It's like weird that Scythe Goddard had any amount of like um, allegiance by anyone. You like that one person at the shipyard? He like called him up to be like, "Hey, there's a ship going nowhere, and it's got nothing as its cargo." It's like, why would that guy do that for Goddard? Because he's like, why would you want anything to do with Goddard? Goddard has tricked everyone. He's like, been come close to me for dinner, and then he kills them all. Like, dude, you would want nothing to do with that guy. Yeah, I know. It's kind of odd. Like, it's stuff like that that makes me think like, you know, maybe Schusterman was just like, okay, how do how do I get Goddard out there? <laughs> right. And then it doesn't even matter that Goddard was out there. Right. And also, he's got like, forty two missiles. <laughs> <laughs> so all kinds many missiles. of missiles. Oh, so many missiles. <laughs> Made of future planes. Uh, I'm not gonna die on that hill. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't like any of this. You know what? It, it made me imagine. <laughs> like, I, I like really... some of it, I guess. But yeah, the you writing is seen... good. Yeah, Sorry. the, the, yeah, writing's, no, the good. writing's good. The writing's good. It was good. Like, yeah, yeah, it was solid. It's all the whole way through. Well, really. Yeah, I mean, just like just baseballing pros, but with good writing. The I liked the scene. Well, I didn't know if I liked it, but it reminded me of when the the Trade Federation is on that one desert planet with planet with the bug flappy guys, and they're trying to go up. And it's like right at the beginning of the Clone Wars, and then they get shot down like the big ball ships. You know, they get shot down. Yeah. I imagine like those ships is what they look like, totally. and that's what they looked like. You know, yeah, it's I, pretty good I didn't imagine image. like rocket ships. I imagined like big like yeah, yeah, ships. Trade Federation middle balls. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know why, like, what is, what is Cirrus able to do better than the Thunderhead exactly? Like, why did I, I think it was just a copy of himself so that he could put him on the thing, uh, put him on the ships. But if he could do that, why didn't he just do that at the beginning? So we had like somebody who could talk to people and like, I don't, again, it was just all these weird, it the seems... Thunderhead being like, I can't break my own laws. Thus we have to create these weird, like high, like activity, like high energy, high wasteful, um, workarounds that accomplish the same thing in the end anyway where he like forces Grayson to ask him all these questions that are like 
kind of around the topic but so he doesn't just tell him even though he totally knows so that way he doesn't break his own arbitrary law that will suffer no consequences if he just decides to just break it anyway and if the thunderhead is able to program another debatably better ai why doesn't he why doesn't the thunderhead just program a better ai that's able to break the side rules if this stuff right. is getting out i mean it's just it seems like there's so a way lot he could of, like, like turn on the island defenses and shoot goddard down before he even gets close and like save everybody the trouble like it seems like a like an odd choice in your in your trilogy to have a character that can literally do anything because then why are you what there's no <laughs> there's no conflict there there's no anything so it's like it felt like kind of like this drummed up like arbitrary rule that through through the the, the way the story is told and the way the thunderhead is uh portrayed could break that rule and kind of does like frequently right, like it's like all you can, the time it's like you kind of have it it's like you have the the spectacle of having like this omnipotent or nearly omnipotent right. and omnibenevolent, but unless it gets mad and then shuts down everybody's communication with it. Right. Which is Super like, not watching everybody's personal space, though it could, except for if you break the law, then it just decides to watch you then and then totally sends the people to come get you. Like, what? Like, yeah. what? And so, so it is like, watching everyone all the time. Like, so, so, like, if, it, if it's as powerful as it is, and it's, it's just shown, like, we're, we see that it's powerful enough to create a better version of itself or at least a different version of itself, then why not create a different version that's able to deal with the scythes if the scythes right. have become this big of an issue? Like, I don't... Why, why are we in rocket ships? Like, I just don't understand. <laughs> like, I just really don't... And how does that aid the story? And what point is it? I feel like we're headed towards all these points and lessons. And then at the end, it was like, eh, it doesn't matter. We make bad calls sometimes. Humans are corruptible. And uh, ta-da! You're like, good thing cool, we got yeah, all those diseases though to sort it out for us, right? Like the ultimate thunderhead, the 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 cholera, you know. Yeah. Like, the, <laughs> yeah. you know, I could do a better job than the scythe dumb fucking Bubonic cancer, plague. you know. Yeah. Let's give kids cancer again. Like, what? Why? Look, what you you built up this entire society, this utopia, and then you made it regress for no reason. For no right. reason at all. Like there's, there's no, there was no inciting incident that made it so that we would now have to go give children bone cancer again. Like there's no justification no. at all for it. Like I just no, and you uh, can just put them on, and like you can make more spaceships. Like there's not, they didn't run out of spaceship dust. Like just make more and send people off. Like why do we need to kill anybody? I don't. There's I don't no really, point. Yeah, there's I'm, like I'm so trying. many solutions to this problem, and the ones that they land on and like die literally the hill they die on are just like not very good solutions to the problem i don't know i've never run i've never run a utopia before maybe i'm missing something here same i have to be fair in my critique and uh you know i i really need to be sincere with my audience about my level of expertise when it comes to running a utopia so but i don't think neil schusterman would run a very good utopia either definitely not (laughs) he built up Uh, a pretty cool one (laughs) like it was pretty cool for a couple books here you know like i mean thunderhead and scythe those first two books books were rock i want to read those again because they're they're really cool and i think i'm i probably missed like a tiny bit of the nuance that we even in the hours that we've been talking about these books still probably didn't 
didn't pick up on because there's a lot here and totally. then it just kind of like falls on its face you know right not to mention we the, I, I looked it up the first uh, this book is 600 and something pages long which is really the first 90 pages we don't get citra or rowan no like there's 90 pages of new characters at the beginning of the third like why does it take so long where are the characters that i've been spending all of this time with okay may help you help me understand faraday what was he doing on the island like he gets stopped because he doesn't have another side with the ring and then he's just like whatever i'm not gonna phone a friend i'm just gonna get all depressed and go hang out what is his deal that seems to be the extent of what is that the <laughs> i don't think it's okay. i don't think it's that much deeper than that i mean I don't, darn because well, faraday can't contact anybody really because uh everyone thinks he's dead you know what i mean yeah like nobody knows who faraday is so he can't just like put out a call and he, and he thinks that rowan and citra are dead too and uh, Scythe uh, Curie is dead, so like all of the sides that he would know. So yeah. he, like, his his kind of like, you know, <laughs> depression episode that kind of makes sense, honestly, because he's like, we got so close, and now we there's literally nothing I can do, you know. So I, I, yeah, that kind of made sense. I feel like you could have third party the Thunderhand a little bit because he was like, oh, I like pizza with pineapples, and then that would show up in the mail the next day or whatever. Like that's not specifically what happened, but very similarly. Uh, you know, to the air. I feel like he could be like, "Oh, I wish this person would be a, aware of this, and they could tell this side." Well, he that, can't. You know. He can't communicate with the Thunderhead. Only Grayson can. Well, I know, but remember, they were saying on the island, everyone could just say like, "We really need some more ratchets and oh, nails," yeah. and then they would just show up. You know, <laughs> they would just say that to the air. You know, <laughs> so like he can't, but he kind of can communicate with the Thunderhead. Still so, I, maybe this is a little too nitpicky, but it's just so funny that it's like. Okay, so to open the the secret locked door, you need not one scythe, but two <laughs> scythes, and it's like, of why not five scythes? Yeah. Why not? Like if, <laughs> like we no, can't we have can't, one person we, making all of this. No, decision. no, well, we need two out of the four hundred thousand. Like then, at least you know, some people are agreeing on something. Like it's just so. So so silly, you know. Oh my it's like if it's like if if there were four hundred thousand people that could launch a nuclear missile, but the only way you could do it was with two. It's like that's right. so ridiculous that you would have it be that. Like it's, it's so pointless. Might as well be one. Still, yeah, it might you know? as well be one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> also, like I don't know, the Thunderhead was a, was a real episode. We'd never gotten this. This is a fun before. episode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry, pinata side. Well, sorry, not sorry, man. You brought mine yourself. Okay. Also, the Thunder has the decision to take all these bodies of dead Tonus for other people. And then, who is the one Tonus who is like diehard who ends up being on the ship by herself? Poor thing. I don't remember. Was it I don't remember her name. What was it? Hilliard. It might have been Hilliard. Yeah, I think it's Hilliard, and she. It's like, cool, it's going to be like all these Tonus societies because you got all these Tonus bodies. He's like, no, I'm actually just going to remake all their brains to be like perfect people who aren't Tonists. Um, and it was like, those people decided to be Tonists in life. And now you're going to remake them. It's like, it seems like just very controlly and weird. And the Thunderhead is just like going super God mode. Yeah, but in all the ways that don't really help everybody on the planet. like, But like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just was weird and seemed kind of like, Seems a little disrespectful to those people's corpses. I mean, maybe like I mean they're dead, a, so yeah, I guess they would have yeah. been dead anyway. Like it's yeah, it's, I guess it. I mean, it's it is kind of disrespectful to the corpses, and <laughs> in a way, but like I mean, at the same time, it's like they're dead, so they are dead. Yeah, depends yeah. on and how you, depends on what you think. Yeah, to Hilliard, though I was like so like I just had to like laugh when she gets aboard the. The ship flying off she's like we made it out yay and then carlos or whatever the other um 
Thunderhead's name is the new Thunderhead. He was like, oh, yeah, you're the only one awake. She was like, well, wake up someone so I can like hang out. And he's like, mm, that's like the one thing that I can't do is wake up anybody. So you're just going to have like 1100 years or something of being alone with me. And then you can lead the new Tonus, like after you're certifiably insane. Did you see the coming of uh, the betrayal by Tonus Pasuelo when Grayson was like, I don't need you anymore. And then he like immediately jumped ships. Oh, no, that wasn't Pasuelo. That was, was um, Men- that was Mendoza. Mendoza. My bad. Yeah. My bad. Did you see uh, that coming or uh, did you find that kinda, interesting yeah, all, Not or? really. I mean, like yeah, he was just... <laughs> I'm just. I'm reaching, man. I'm reaching. <laughs> um, I thought Morrison was pretty interesting. Um, but then nothing really got done with him. Um, yeah. So it was just kind of like, oh, oh well, all right. It's <laughs> kind of what That's happened cool. to the whole That's thing. Cool. It was like it was just all going, and then it was just like, oh, well, turns out none of it mattered. Goddard could still be alive, and it wouldn't matter. I think it's also silly to have Citra have like that kind of close call at the end. Made the like, dun, 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 but not it's really. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like uh, okay, yes, I mean she's probably gonna be fine. You know what I mean? Like it's... right, right, right. <laughs> it was just like, like like poor Rowan. He's like they've been separated this whole time on this love that I didn't really feel in the first place. But whatever. If I was to like really try and feel it, it's like okay, cool. Now I guess he has to live for like 117 years without her, and then 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 they're back together again. Like again, didn't matter. Didn't matter. Just it's mattered fine. not just, not at all. So shock, little shock value there at the end. Yeah, you know. Were you shocked? Yeah. Were you? I was were a little you, shocked. Yeah, were you shocked. Oh, well, then, then mission accomplished. I was gonna be really annoyed if he like blew her to pieces. You know, where she couldn't be put back together at all. I was like, wow, you're not even gonna like let him have their like love that I don't really feel, but like they clearly need to. I was like, well, you at least let him have it. You know? Yeah, I don't know. This is all. This was all pretty slow, and it wasn't boring. Yeah. I I, ha- I don't think I've said that word the entire time. It was not and, boring. Uh, I will give I, it that. I, yeah, yeah, I will give it that, that it wasn't boring. Like there was like missile was, attacks and yeah, a whole I stadium mean, of people and, being murdered? Yeah, like there were some pretty high points uh, for Attacks being book. burnt I, alive? I think the thing that I'm just annoyed about is just kind of the progression of the story and where it ultimately ended up, and it just left me feeling like weird about everything that i had just read up until then and yeah but i mean as far as like the the kind of moment to moment stuff that was happening it was all pretty intriguing and interesting and pretty well paced and yeah i mean like i would still probably recommend slow. this trilogy uh yeah slow there was but a lot never... of traveling around and like converting tonus totally, and like building but, the groundwork for but things can things can be slow and still interesting you know what i mean even though yeah, new characters true. are being introduced like schusterman definitely does a pretty good job of like keeping you interested like I, it's like yeah i'm getting backstory it's kind of annoying because this is like the third book or whatever and i want to know more about rowan and citra and right, right and stuff but it's like but what is this guy what's this guy jerry doing you know what's, what's right. going on with them you know like it's okay so, yeah, so I feel it's, that. like jerry was pretty interesting um i think jerry and grayson like that was pretty cute you know yeah. that was, yeah, it was that was nice. definitely like, i felt a, their romance yeah i felt it was like that slow was and worked well out to executed it was nice. yeah at least well executed in comparison to rowan and citra straight and, up yeah uh, rand and um tiger like i, I could have had yeah. a whole like chunk of a book or even a whole book about rand and tiger you know like that's interesting on its face that rand had to like dig up this kid and then like train it to 
be goddard but then she falls in love with him along the way and then i felt like all of that was just it was so lightly and subtly implied and like touched on a little bit and it's like no that's good stuff i i would like to know more about that please and then rand is just like visiting tiger in like this snowy hellscape or whatever and it's like like, like, why did you even go there you know i'm I'm getting ahead of myself (laughs) No, I kind of, well, I kind of liked that it was like hard to like find the, it was like you have to work for it if you want to yeah, like talk a cool to your dad. But like, it, yeah. make it like a quest that she goes on and have some like awesome like trials that she overcomes. I thought like, if you're going to do it, let's do it. You know, she's yeah. just like there. Like many of the things in this book, the, the first two books were so good. And then they just like, the ideas get like too whack. It was like, everyone was just smoking blunts and we just have all these great, like the, the Atonis, like kind of a cool idea initially, like, eh. and then. But a, like totally acceptable idea, and then all of a sudden we've got these ones that like take a vow only to speak in vowels, which he missed the really super duper low hanging pun fruit there. But we'll let him have a pass on that one. Um, <laughs> and it was just like, wait, why do we need a sect of them that only speaks in vowels? Like that's just taking a cool like kind of cool idea and then just making it like, what? Why? Like I don't know. He just like squeezed these ideas a little too hard, and like they were they d- didn't need more idea juice coming out. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I I don't really have a whole bunch else to talk about with this. Really, like it was. Yeah, I want to see Beale Schusterman hit me with a new new idea. And uh, apparently, Unwind is really good. That's another one of his series that uh, a lot of people seem to really like. Okay, because the man knows how to write. Oh, absolutely. And there's some really good ideas up in here. I mean, really, like I like eighty percent of this entire trilogy, except for just. This last part, I was just like sixty six point six six repeating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought the a decent chunk of this book was pretty cool. But... Like you said, it wasn't boring, so I should give it yeah. more credit than it is. It was just I just kept like he kept undermining his own power. He'd be like, "This is meaningful for these reasons," and then he'd be like, "These re- these things that are the reasons for this meaning don't actually matter at all, and thus the reason it, there, there's no meaning anymore." So it's like, okay, cool. So like, Goddard wasn't a big bad guy that needed to be stopped and he could just be knifed and oh betrayal like ah no nah, Rand just gets mad and just like psh, psh, blood in the plane whatever no big deal yeah i mean i guess if schusterman was trying to hit people with an ending that they weren't expecting then yeah that happened to do that for sure okay why did um goddard go to this moon and to mars to kill everyone because he just likes killing, man. And he was like, there like, can't be a place he, where we can't be killing. I think there was like a small, there was like a small thing about like how he doesn't like scientists or something. <laughs> like where, like scientists. Like, he, like uh, the only line I remember was him being like, "There can't be a place where that exists outside the rule of the scythedom. And it was like, but like the scythe only scythedom only exists to kill people because there's old overpopulation those places oh, have like no but people. he but he likes killing chad man like, he's, he's just a real just oh boy gotta go kill people spectacular right? as many people <laughs> as i can and obviously i don't think that that's wholly uninteresting i mean like the idea that being saddled with ultimate power would make you ultimately corrupt yeah for sure but it doesn't go any deeper than that like it really is just it really is Palooza. like he's just a madman and it's like i mean i guess like sure but if he can be killed with a knife by by somebody like i mean i don't know like like, yeah that's what happens so like ah he's not there anymore right ah. all right he got a few of the spaceships like like i would have i would have i think it would have been a lot more interesting if he had truly brought people over to his side 
You know what yeah. I mean? Like, because it seemed like he he had basically scared everybody into being on his side. Like he oh, wasn't yeah. conniving enough to really start a real movement that had, that had people that were, you know, he he wasn't convincing enough. You know what I mean? Because nobody was as evil as he was. You know, so it's just it's like he's kind of like alienated as the most the the worst. And everybody else is just like, well, we got to do what he says or else, you know, like it's going to be bad for us. But then as soon as he dies, it all just dissolves. And it's just like, all right, well, good thing he's dead, I guess. So that like everything can go back to the way it was before. Um, But also not really because we don't don't have the sides doing their thing anymore. So like, well, they see, that's another thing, though. It's like, yeah, I mean, Faraday is still a scythe, like doing these like mercy killings. And it's like, are there new sides again? I don't know if there's new ones. Like maybe it's like it's like in Monsters Inc. where they're like, we're still gonna keep our entire society, but it's gonna be based on laughter now instead of right, screams. Right. You know, and it's just like, wait, but but why would you why would you take the society to a place where it needed mercy killings? Like the whole point of this is that it's a utopia. You know what I mean? Like the whole point of this right. is to move past painful, miserable death because that sucks and like there's no through the throughout the story at least for me i it hasn't been explained to me why the society needs that kind of misery you know what i mean like is there any reason why we would need that and like it kind of touches on it a little bit in the first book where it's like well without suffering we wouldn't be thankful for the when the good stuff well, happens I mean, it was or like whatever. overpopulation right or are you talking about I'm talking about the disease. I'm talking about oh, oh the how, disease. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, talking yeah. about like going to a going back to a society where people are dying from terrible illnesses. Like that's <laughs> weird. Like let's yeah. I, I get that people need to die. I will. Oh, I'm, I still don't get it because I agree with you that why wouldn't you just make your society? Why wouldn't you just make it really difficult to not right. over have less babies or and, more spaceships? You know what I mean. But like, right. I will at least meet you halfway if if that's what it takes. That yes, some people need to die. Sure. sure but why this way right. you know what i mean like why they didn't even outlaw burning by fire until like half until of the Rowan second did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like whoa that was pretty bad we oh man no if you yeah, went like, out and took a consensus of like the way you super don't want to die above all other ways it would be like that one would be so high up on the list and like it's yeah, like, yeah why it's would, weird why would the scythem have full capability to kill any way they want to like what is the point of making it so that people still died in the same ways they were before right like we've overcome nature but we still do it mimic it yeah like what's the what's like oh like this amount of people die in car accidents and it's well yeah they used to but they don't anymore the whole point is that they don't anymore you know what i mean like the whole that's the utopia that's why it's cool you know like like, yes people still need to die sure but make it the most humane way possible so we don't overpopulate boom problem solved you know what i mean like it's and so that's why i feel like there were so many things that were introduced in this series but they felt arbitrary and then like kind of they were And like, yeah, Oof. just like have all the sides be like only able to kill in this super one humanitarian way. They have to bring all of their victims to like the one place where they go and then everyone can watch them do it. So it's like very regulated. It's like we can if we're going to overcome nature, then let's overcome nature and make it so that we don't have this like super obviously 100 percent corruptible force out there running around unable to be stopped by anyone. 
No, but don't worry about it because just in case that uh, very corruptible force <laughs> becomes inevitably corrupted, we'll bring cancer back. Like, yeah, that doesn't yeah, make any fucking sense, man. Like, it's so wait, wait, wait. weird. In case oh, you were wondering, no, uh, one person cannot do it alone. It takes two. <laughs> it takes two. It's got you. Got to have two wow. sides if you want to. If you want to do this, we have to. Like, and why was why was the atoll hidden from the the Thunderhead at all? I don't know. It wouldn't the, have been able to act on side stuff anyway. So like, yeah. So like, I what's I the know. point of it? Not why? Why? Like, like, why? Why would you hide it in like children's songs? And wouldn't the toll? Wouldn't the Thunderhead notice? And it does notice that there's a place where everybody can't go. And like, well, it doesn't it really program it's like, itself. Like the the Thunderhead it was is programmed. I think. I know we're kind of going over the same territory here, but it's just it's it's like. If the Thunderhead is able to make Cirrus, why can't it reprogram itself to bypass these laws? And it's like because it's perfect, it's but perfect. it's not. But it's the not. The yeah. point of it is that it's not. Like the whole, it's like it is a little bit. It's so corruptible that the one person that want that the Thunderhead even wanted to talk to put it in the doghouse. Right. You know what I mean. So it's like obviously. You don't have you don't have a bunch of reservations about some stuff, so why this? You know, right? Like it, I don't know. I, I feel like my brain is on fire. Like, I, yeah, I, I found I, it we, a little bit interesting. The little excerpts of like all of the recreations that it created were the ones that like yeah, that was pretty cool. That was, like, was yeah. kind of cool because it sh- showed like the different versions that the AI could have gone yep. down. You know, yep. that was interesting and continued on the previous conversations of like. Well, good thing we landed with the right one. Like this thing is kind of cool. And then, yeah, so I like that. I mean, I guess, but it really just shows again that the Thunderhead <laughs> again has the the capability of creating something that is, if not better, than different enough to solve problems. But no, they get into rocket ships. Like, right. Wh- okay. Why? So I think I've I think I've um. I've done about as much as I can on this episode. I think uh, so too. This, this book put a pretty bad taste in my mouth. I was not a fan of it. Uh, mm-hmm. The more I talked about it, the more I realized how much I didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, I think, same. again, I, I will say that Schusterman has some fantastic ideas. He presented a lot of them in really interesting ways. I don't think that this book really wrapped any of those, uh, most of those ideas up very well. Uh, but I do think Schusterman is a very good writer. There's some really interesting yep. parts of this book, and mostly the first two books are first two books still, are page turn. I would really recommend reading the first two books to people. That yeah, and then I would say go into the third one with low expectations and get what you can out of the third one. There's some cool. I would say just scenes. make up the coolest ending in your head and don't read it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like this, it's it's like it's not the worst book I've ever read in my life. No, but like you said, it wasn't boring. It's the worst book in this that. series. Oh, by a lot. Here, let's do let's do this. Even though we probably have the exact same answers, but like, what what? Do we, how would you rank this trilogy? Start with the your least favorite to your favorite. Okay, least favorite, the third one, and then the second one, the first one. No, second one. The second. Okay, I like the ideas in the first one and how it was kind of revealed to us slowly, but the second one was way more entertaining. Okay. So yeah, I'm gonna say they're pretty even. One and two are both like equally very, very readable and very yeah. good for me. I would say I like Thunderhead just a little bit more. 
Okay. Um, the the Grayson Tolliver stuff I thought was pretty interesting because it was expanding yeah, a lot more on like the unsavories and all that. I I really liked all of that. Right. Um, when they got to Endura, that was really interesting. I thought Goddard mystery. Like, because I was reading the second book, I was like, "Whoa, we're gonna get some more depth on this Goddard guy in this third one." Like, this is getting. I can't believe he's back. Like, whoa, right. oh my what? god. But yeah, that didn't amount to much. But uh, yeah, I'd say the <laughs> I'd say the second one's the best, and then Scythe is like right in the middle, and then thunderhead or the toll is all the way at the bottom yeah um, i think i like different i think i like one and two for different reasons so it's like kind of evened out for me yeah yeah but um but for both had their kind of their different highlights for me both of them were great books though like i would put them on the same like operating at least in the same sphere of like hunger games or like these dystopian books that are really popular like i think they were very fun to read and awesome cool ideas they got some really cool conversations out of us we were like geeking out about like existential stuff for the first 30 40 minutes of one episode Um, and that's fun that's good stuff that's the that means that we have good base material a good platform that we're jumping off of and And then we finally had an episode where we really tore something apart (laughs) yeah we did we did have that we have the whole pinata episode sometimes we gotta have one i guess Yeah, sometimes you know uh but yeah, it's funny when I posted initially about me starting this trilogy, I got a lot of TikTok comments and Instagram comments that were just like, that third book is not very good. And I was kind of like concerned by the amount, like the volume like, of comments. This that must were... have some truth. Yeah, I know. Because yeah, definitely. <laughs> like if I, see, if I see like the odd comment that's like, I don't know. I didn't like the third one. I'm like, ah, that's just you. That's just sure, like your opinion, yeah. man. But then when I get like 30 or 40 of them, it's like, like, wait a minute, whoa. what's going on here? <laughs> so yeah. I, I I would say that maybe my opinion was already influenced by the time I had gotten to the third book, but I don't think it was. I had some pretty no. low expectations and it still wasn't, they weren't met. And um, I don't know, I'm still going to read other Schusterman though. I'm going to read Unwind. Uh, uh, there's another one called um, Dry that I want to check out. Oh, Challenge Your Deep is supposed to be pretty good too. Like there's definitely some uh, some stuff that I, other stuff of his that I want to check out um but yeah I don't, I don't know i don't know what the hell happened here me neither, maybe man. maybe was... we just didn't get it you know like maybe sure. maybe there was so uh, so much nuance and subtlety that but, you and i both just didn't pick up on and this book is actually genius but i don't know i don't know if i could there'd have to be like a a, a really big piece that i'm missing here Um, and i'm very open to the idea that i could be wrong about some of this stuff and i know that there are a lot of people that really love these books and all three of them and um if i am missing something here that would kind of alleviate some of my frustration please let me know in the discord or wherever you can email us and like just tell us lay it out for us because from where i should i care yeah from where i'm sitting it's just it really didn't add up and it no i don't know i don't know what's going on with this book but uh yeah we're done with scythe uh, i'm probably actually gonna read gleanings too <laughs> uh, is it the like, short stories yeah one? like i'm probably gonna read that too honestly I mean, i've heard this it's world really is good. interesting yeah i want to keep reading about yeah. it honestly i like thinking about it and i like um talking about it so i mean maybe we'll do a, a gleanings it's short like a cool story for experiment. the friday forge episode or something Ooh, that'd be fun um, i'd like yeah that. i bet we could find a, a good one of those because yeah though uh, we can end our neil uh, schusterman or at least this rendition of our dalliance with these books without um just a total explosion of like what <laughs> <laughs> i know yeah that was uh that was a brutal episode but i'm glad yeah, we got well, to talk about it please if you disagree or anything please hop in our discord and let us know we'd love to talk with you more over there for sure 
Cool. Yeah, that's going to do it for me on this episode. A really cool couple of books and then kind of a dud for the last one. But I would yep. probably still recommend this trilogy, even though the third one's kind of weird. Uh, but, you know, there's some really good ideas up in here. Um, pretty decent character work and very good writing. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's my opinion on Scythe. But, yep, yeah, we did it. All right. I'm with you, man. We did it. I'm glad through. And you know what? Maybe it's also being a little bit flavored because we are reading some bangers of some books right now we got faithful and faithful and the fallen we got red rising like that is yeah. just we're just nom nom in like the caviar of uh yeah, sci-fi and fantasy stuff. right now it's so good so you know yeah well you know that's uh that's what the podcast so make sure you is stick for. around <laughs> all right that's gonna do it for me everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode uh look out for our episode on malice by john gwynn coming up here pretty yes. soon we've got a first red rising episode coming up here soon and then after we're done with those we're gonna move right on into skoldomance by naomi novak which is gonna be really cool i hope nice yeah and we shall not forget when women were dragons as well ah yes we need to read that for the patreon yes we do <laughs> thank you for we being got patient you, patreon. with us patreon yes. it's, been a, it's been a doozy of a couple weeks here truly you are our favorites <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody thank you so much for listening hope you have an awesome rest of your day and of course happy reading bye everybody